Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Kona Shame Show. I'm Dr. Andy Rourke. Guys, I got a really fun and cool episode for you today. Before I hop into it, don't forget, we're doing a $100 a week giveaway over at DrAndyRourke.com. All you got to do is sign up for the Dr. Andy Rourke newsletter and work in vet practice, and you might win 100 bucks. So we're giving somebody 100 bucks every week. It is really fun. I really enjoy it. Um, I hope that you will jump in and participate. Guys, Let's let's not mess around. Let's get right into this. I have a guest today, Dr. Paolo Stigall. He is an associate professor of veterinary anesthesiology and pain management at the University of Montreal, Canada. Guys, Dr. Stigall is he literally wrote the book on feline anesthesia and pain management. In fact, he has a book that's called Feline Anesthesia and Pain Management doesn't get much more uh, impressive than that. He has been doing some uh, amazing research. He has got some um, a new study that is out where he looks at the feline grimace scale, and, um, and he's going to unpack that for us and what it means. I was really, really happy to do this interview with him, to talk with him. I think he is uh, making a tool that we in practice can use to communicate more clearly about pain in cats, to recognize pain in cats, to talk to each other about pain in cats, to have an objective measure for when we need to intervene with pain medicine and say, hey, that patient is painful. Let's do something about it. And so that is what we talk about today. Guys, hold on to your hats as I talk with Dr. Paolo Stigall. This is your show. We're glad you're here. We want to help you in your veterinary career. Welcome to the Cone of Shame with Dr. Andy Rourke. I am here with Dr. Paolo Stigall. Paolo, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Angie. It's great. My pleasure. So you're you're joining us from Southern Italy, where you're on sabbatical. I want to thank you for your hard, hard work and the sacrifices that you made. <laughs> by, it's by it's going a great pleasure. <laughs> it's a great great pleasure speaking with you. And uh, it's not too bad. It's a much different winter than the the winters that we have in Canada here. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, great. Um, well, seriously. Thanks for taking time. You have got some uh, really fascinating and important research that just came out. It was just published in um, it's a it's one of the Nature publications, correct? Scientific uh, Scientific Research is that what it's called? Scientific Reports. That, that's correct by Nature Publishing. Right. So, um, so you published on the feline grimace scale, and this is something that I thought was really important when I first saw it. It's something I've been thinking a lot about. And I just, I think it's a great tool in general practice. I think it's great for vets. I think it's really good for support staff, for people who are monitoring hospitalized patients. It's a great tool to have in the toolbox. And so I just wanted to unpack it with you and just walk through the feline grimace scale, how it works, how we put it in practice, and um, and just uh, common questions that people have. Sounds great. Let's do that. I'm ready. And this is very exciting for me, too. Cool. How do you, well, how do you want to start laying this out? So, so let's start, give me the, um, give me the overall, when we say feline grimace scale, some people are like, I don't, I don't know what that is. Is he talking about the purple McDonald's character? Uh, what is, what is the, <laughs> what is the grimace scale? So how, how do you explain this at a high level? In a high level, it's basically a pain scoring system or an instrument 
a tool that measures or helps veterinarians evaluating pain, uh, acute pain to be more specific, based on facial expressions of the cat. So based on the changes that cats may have uh, during hospitalization, uh, before and after surgery, for example, and all that, uh, veterinarians are, are, are able to see these changes and able to score that with a number and actually get to know if the cat needs or not uh, the administration of what we call rescue analgesia. So th the pain is actually enough that the veterinarian needs to address that with uh, some painkillers. Yeah, I, I, I love this. I mean, I, I remember distinctly being in vet school and having one of my fellow vet students communicating on the phone to a doctor and saying, I think this patient needs more pain medication. And it was, and the, and the vet was saying, well, you know, we just gave it this, this long ago. I, I don't know about that. And they really didn't have a language to discuss pain or to say, this is what I'm really seeing. And I think that that is the experience that really popped into my mind when I saw this as a, a, an objective tool. That is absolutely correct. There was a lot of guessing, guessing, you know, I think the cat's painful. I don't think the cat's painful based on my experience or something like that. Uh, it, this is actually a quite recent topic. If you think about the first uh, acute pain scale that came out uh, for cats specifically, that was specifically developed and validated for this species, we're talking about just 2013, 14. So it hasn't been that long. So it, absolutely, this is uh, this should be a tool that will greatly help veterinarians, cat owners, and cats per se. So right. it, there's a huge uh, role on their animal welfare. In the end of the day, I agree. Let's let's lay this thing out. So let's start to talk about the scale and how it works. So uh, so just walk us through scoring, and then we'll get into categories and what we're looking at. Sounds good. So. There are basically, well, during the development of the scale, we, the first thing that we did, we, we took many, many videos of these cats that they could be either painful or not. Uh, we also pain scored them with a different pain scale, the Glasgow feline uh, composite pain scale. Uh, so we could do some comparisons at the end and all that. So uh, we evaluated all those videos. We did some capture, uh, screen captures. Uh, and we distributed these images for a bunch of people. So the first part of the, this grimace scale was actually the development. So we, we had to be sure that there were some significant differences between the facial expressions of painful versus non-painful cats. Okay. And then we came out with this, what we call the five action units. Uh, the units can be scored from zero to two. So zero if this action unit is absent. So basically the cat's not painful. Uh, their facial expressions are normal. Number, uh, you would give a one if there's what we call moderate appearance of the action unit, or if you don't know if that unit is present or not. And now we'll explain you in a second what a unit is. Mm -hmm. And you would give a two if there's obvious appearance of this action unit. So in other words, there are these five action units. The first one is the ear position. So a zero would be given if the ears of the cat uh, is face, they're facing forward. You would give a one if the ears are slightly pulled apart. So basically if the tip of the ears, uh, the distance between the tip of the ears are increased. Uh, and finally, you would give a two if the ears are actually distant, but also rotated outwards. 
the second action unit so, is the orb let's, of Titan. Yeah. Let's, so let's unpack that for a second. So so just to be clear, uh, a happy uh, a happy cat, a non painful cat, ears straight up on top of the head, forward. You know the curious cat face that we know and we love, and then. Exactly. First signs of pain are those ears are more spread apart than they should be. We're starting to get um, kind of a V split in the ears. And then uh, and then a, a two on this scale is going to be what you guys have seen before. It's ears, uh, ears out and also rotated back. And so you guys have seen the painful cat and you've seen that when the ears are really down and spread back, that's a two on the scale. And so that is that is the top level of of a grimace that we see as associated to the ears. Is that correct? Perfect. Perfect Perfect. description. Love it. Uh, Yes. So the second one is the orbital tightening, or what people usually say is the eye squinting that we see a lot in the clinical, in clinical practice when cats are painful. So as you mentioned before, uh, a zero would be given to a cat that it's uh, actually the eyes are completely open. The cat, the cat is curious, for example, and et cetera. Uh, now, of course, you have to consider that the cat should not be sleeping <laughs> at this time if you're right. evaluating pain. Uh, you would be giving a one if the cat, the, the, the eyes are partially closed. And finally, a two if the eyes are really squinted and really closed. So it's a very straightforward uh, action unit, the, the mm-hmm. orbital tightening. Cool. So the third one is the muzzle tension. And this is, can be a bit more tricky to see in cases if you're just looking at an image. Okay. Uh, our results were promising, but I find uh, in clinical practice that it's actually easier to observe that in real-time assessment. When you're looking at the cat and you're taking a little bit of more time to see the position of the muzzle. So basically, a relaxed, uh, a very comfortable cat, a non-painful cat is going to have like a rounded shape, a relaxed uh, muzzle. Uh, the one that is mildly painful or there is some pain going on, the, the muzzle will be mildly ten- tense, tensed. Um, and finally, the, the number two, we, when you would give you a score of two, would be when the, the muzzle is really tensed and then you're coming down to an elliptical type of shape. So this is the muzzle, the third action unit. Th- this is the hardest for me. You know, when I, and when I'm looking, when I'm looking at the images, I'm trying to score it. This is the one where I, I really have to look at kind of the different pictures and, and, and process what you mean when you say an elliptical mouth. And so, um, I don't know how, be- how better to sort of explain it. So, so let me walk you through kind of what I think and then tell me if I'm right. Cause I, cause I may be, I may be misprocessing this. So when I look at the right. cat, um, classic classic normal cat mouth right just sort of uh, relaxed cheeks relaxed gums you know that's a zero and then yes and then a two is um and so just jumping all the way to the other end because that's, that's sort of how i think about it uh when i feel i those those gums are are pulled tight and what the mouth looks more you say it's elliptical it looks more flat to me then exactly. you know that like it's almost like the you know when the when the lips are loose they kind of hang down and you kind of got this downward droop of the mouth i i it, it's almost like um it's like that emoji face that has the just the straight line it's not a smile or a frown it, it's it's almost like that straight line mouth just because the the muzzle around the nose is just tighter and so i'm seeing more of the mouth and it's kind of a flat line would you agree with that no that that's a, a good way to think 
another way to think is just to think about ourselves. Let's say that you, you know, you have a really bad headache. You usually, you're going to have some kind of tension uh, and you tend to do like almost a grimace when you are in pain. So the cats will basically do the same thing, but of course it's not going to be as obvious as we're talking about here. So I think your description is very helpful. When you, I, I, so that's a, that's a good way to think about it. When I think about a grimace on a person, I'm thinking about when I've got a bad headache or something like that, and you can feel your cheeks, like below your eyes, you feel those muscles tighten, and that kind of pulls your mouth up in, into, into sort of a, a, a flat line, you know? Um, do you think that that, I mean, is that sort of an accurate description of what, of what we're talking about? Yes, correct, because if you think that their muscles around their faces uh, are all tense, so you, you are describing correctly. Okay, cool. And so then a one would be splitting the difference between a relaxed face and that really tensed up face and that flat line or elliptical mouth. And so that would be a one on the on the um, on the muzzle tightness. Okay, cool. That's that that's the trickiest one for me to really sort of articulate. And so I hope we've I hope we've talked it through well. Right. And the other thing is that if you're not sure when you're evaluating uh, pain in your cat, if you're not sure if it's a two or if it's a zero. You can always score a one in that case. The gotcha. scale was developed and validated in that way. Gotcha. Okay, cool. So, so if you're on the fence, go, go, you can go with a one. Okay. Exactly. So the, the fourth action unit is the whiskers change. As we say, uh, I started paying attention a lot of, on all sorts of whiskers <laughs> that, that were in front of me after development of the scale. So in cats, the, the, the whiskers, they, they, talk a lot. They say a lot about the cat. So in a very uh, healthy cat that is not painful, you're going to have those very loose, relaxed and curved whiskers, which is very clear when uh, someone approaches a cat. Um, As they get more and more painful, these whiskers are going to start getting straight up. Uh, They're going to be closer together and sometimes they will be slightly curved but not as it was before. And when the cat is extremely painful or in severe pain, that's when you have the the whiskers really straight up, uh, moving sometimes forward. Sometimes it's difficult if you're looking in uh, the face of the cat, but if you look in a kind of like a 3D angle in a diagonal, you will see that actually the whiskers are going uh, away from the uh, the face and moving rosterly. So this can be a bit tricky as well, as you mentioned, but you have to think that somehow the whiskers and the muzzle, they will be moving somehow in the same direction. Hmm. So, okay, cool. So, so just to summarize what you're, what you're really sort of saying is you see a lot of overlap between the, the, the muzzle tightness and the whisker score. So as they kind of tighten their face because they're uncomfortable, that tends to bring the whiskers around. So they're more facing, uh, Straight out, straight out in front of the cat, as opposed to relax and down by the sides. Correct. Okay. Correct. All right. Cool. So, so we want to get a lateral view of the cat to really sort of appreciate where <clears throat> where are the whiskers as far as relaxed and back versus uh, more more forward. Exactly. And the fifth action unit is actually the head position. This was actually this is a new one. If you compare with the previous and other grimace scales that didn't have the the head position uh, as listed as one of the possible scores to be given to a painful animal in this case. So the head position for a cat, basically, uh, if you look at a cat that is alert, healthy, not painful, the head will usually 
be above the shoulder line. If you think about an imaginary line crossing the shoulders of the cat, the head will usually be above that. Um, and the more painful that the cat is going to get, this is where I tell people that the cat is going to start losing its neck. Basically, it's going to be retracting its neck against its body, and the head is going to be becoming uh, below the shoulder and also tilted down. So basically, the chin of the cat is going towards the chest. So it's kind of turning uh, down its head, and this would be a two. So again, just to, to make sure that everyone understood, a zero, if there's an imaginary line crossing the shoulders and the head is above that line, a one, if the eyes of the cat is at the same level of the shoulder line, and also a two in the case that the head of the cat is below this imaginary uh, shoulder line, and, uh, or also if the head, the chin of the cat is going towards the chest. Okay, so the way I think about this is, uh, if, if, if people at home, if you sit up with a straight posture and, and, uh, and a nice tall neck, that's, that's a zero, right? The cat is up, head up, neck out, looks good. Now, try to touch your ears with your shoulders. And if, you know what I mean? And so, so now <laughs> your, you know, your neck kind of disappears as your shoulders come up to touch exactly. your ears. Exactly. That's, that's a right. one. And then yes. take, your, take your chin and touch your chest. And, and, yes. and, to, and that's a two. And, and that's, that helps me to be like, all right, cool. Are we good posture? Are we shoulders to ears? Or are we shoulders to ears plus chin to chest? And that's, and that's the, the, the highest pain score. Absolutely. I agree with you. And the easiest way for people to see that, they can visit the, uh, the, the actual article. Uh, there is supplementary material. The appendix one contains what we call the training manual. There are figures, there are cartoons, and people can really learn that very easily. They can actually go ahead and print that uh, get a, this laminated in their clinics uh, and start using it right away. Perfect. I'll put the um, the link. I, so my plan is um, to put the link to the article uh, in the description for uh, for the podcast. I will also put that direct link to Appendix One for print for training materials, so that they can go ahead and go there and just straight print that out as well. Um, are there other resources out there that we should be? First, so first of all, do you want to? Um, can you tell us the is the name of the website, or is it hard to navigate to if we just throw it out? Uh, for now, uh, the, the feline grooms scale, it, it doesn't have a website specifically yet. Okay. Uh, what people can do, they just have to write facial expressions of pain in cats and something that is going to pop up. It's right away the article on scientific reports. Yeah. So they go, it's open access. Everyone has access to it. And they just go on the right menu. There's going to be supplementary material. But as you said, I'm going to provide you the links with you so people can share that. When, um, and, when and there's also a video that we did uh, so people have uh, get to see that a little bit more easily uh, using a video. Cool. I will I will pop links to everything uh, down in the description of the podcast. The the article that I found uh, the top of the list when I when I googled it, there's a um, there was an article covering your presentation at the AVMA convention uh, back in August of, of 2019. Uh, and, and it was sort of like a, this is what he talked about this, you know, but they did a pretty darn good job of laying it out. So if you want a nice, concise one page summary, the AVMA articles is, is pretty solid. So um, anyway, I'll drop that in there as well. So that's, 
that's where the resources are. Guys, we'll get everybody hooked up. Um, Paolo, anything else you want to say? Any words of wisdom? Any final tips or pearls? Well, I think something important to be said here is that if you have five action units and you can give uh, a max of 10, uh, that means that you have a total score, a possible total score of 10. Uh, with the feline grimace scale, we studied that there is actually what we call the cutoff for rescue analgesia that is equal or higher than four. So okay. during your uh, acute pain assessment in cats, if you see that your total um, scores are equal or higher than four, that probably suggests that pain is probably enough and needs to be addressed uh, with the administration of further analgesics to that individual. So this is uh, something quite important. The, the scale also provides you some guidance in terms of therapy. Yeah, no, I was gonna, I was gonna absolutely ask that. That totally makes sense. I'm glad you brought that up. So, so the magic number for you is four. If you're seeing a four, you say this is a cat that's in pain. This is where we need to intervene with pain therapy. That is correct. And of course, Andy, we we don't want images to replace our jobs as veterinarians. So I think it's very important to highlight to people that. You know, the physical examination, uh, looking at the history, knowing all that is very important. It's not only about, you know, sending pictures around and see, is this cat painful or not? I usually show in my lectures a picture of my cat just relaxing, sleeping next to me in the couch. And if you decided to use the grimace scale, you would probably give her a six at that time. Uh, but no, she was just relaxing and, you know, listening to the background noise and, and and this brings another point that sometimes uh, we don't know the limitations of the scale yet. So we don't know how this could be applicable to, for example, feral cats or those that are very shy in the clinical settings because they probably have their ears backwards and all that. And even if they weren't painful or even if they are not painful, they might be getting it too just because of the ear position. So we're still studying the limitations of the scale. Yeah, I've definitely seen some uh, some stressed cats or fearful cats that have that ear back position. You know, um, that that's that's really common as well. So, I think the point is excellent. Of this is a tool in our clinical toolbox that we use in conjunction with our physical examination, our clinical experience, our diagnostics, all those sorts of things. That makes a ton of sense. You know, when you and I first started uh, talking, you uh, you mentioned uh, and you were quite proud of of the people who helped with this research and you just want and you were sort of emphasizing to me that while while you were the primary investigator you you had a lot of excellent help and work on this do you want to recognize uh, or tell us real quick about the people who were who were there with you who, who helped put this research out absolutely we've been working on that for three years at the university of montreal uh at the faculty of veterinary medicine there were three professors and uh four phd students involved uh, it has been, you know, a long way and uh, they were all very helpful and part of this achievement too. So it's good for everyone. And um, if today I'm here talking to you is because there were, there were a lot of people working uh, uh, behind the scenes to make this possible. So it, it, this is great. A great, a, a group, group achievement. Wonderful. If people have questions, is there a way they can reach out to you? Well, uh, they, you can probably Google my name <laughs> you, you, and you're going to easily find my emails and all that. Some people, they contact me. Uh, any opportunities, we're putting a, a, an email address for the feline grimace scale at gmail.com that people can also write to me. And there are many things uh, in terms of how to get these this results and this tool disseminated coming up very soon. So 
uh, we're talking about websites and, and things like that. So uh, just stay tuned. Will do. Thanks. Uh, thanks a lot for getting on and talking with us. And we'll keep people up to date on where they can find resources. I really appreciate your time. This has been super valuable. Thank you so much for having me, Andy. And that's our episode. Guys, I hope you found it useful and it was helpful. If you think this is helpful, please share it far and wide. Let's get the word out. Let's do a better job of taking care of pain in cats. So please, please, please share this episode with people who you think would benefit from it. And, uh, you know, alternatively, if you want to write us a review, an honest review at iTunes, that is great. It helps people find our podcast. It really means the world to me. Those are about the nicest things that you could do. I really appreciate it. Guys, have a wonderful week and I'll see you soon.